Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where an actual statistics professor and his friends give you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, for the latest updates and information. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook. And for extra free picks, you can find us on TikTok. All those links are in the description. This college basketball episode covers select games scheduled to be played on Tuesday, November 29th, 2022. In case you're new here, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pickswitheprofessor.com slash new for a primer and explanation. Otherwise, the goals for this episode are to share key information about these games, give you a few things to think on, and explain where certain plays are being made. We never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick, but rather to hear the justifications of thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with us or against us before investing your hard-earned money. Remember that Sideline has graded plays on every single game, but as always, take what you like and leave the rest. And if you have questions about these or other games, the best place to get those answered is on the Discord chat, which can be accessed through Patreon, link in the show description. As always, remember there are no locks in gambling, so what Sideline provides are loves, likes, and leans, that is A, B, and C grades, indicate its confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. Again, we're only covering a subset of these of the games uh, today in this episode, so for the full slate of picks, check out the link in the show description or on the website homepage. They're all in that Google Sheet, like always. Lastly, please understand that good and bad variants will occur, so as much as we'd like to see it will be profitable each and every day. That is an impossible reality for any gambler. Because uh, of Jared. Uh, pretty successful debut for you on the first episode. Uh, we were talking a little bit before show. Uh, if, if you don't count parlays, because there's those are people have very mixed feelings about those. You went three and two on the straight up picks. So I mean, three and two on the straight up picks. If we can do that every time out, that that's that's a that's a that's a good one, right? That that is, that is the dream for sure. I'll keep giving yeah. out some of the parlays at least today because I think there's some good stuff out there. But yeah, let's be honest, I'm not the biggest fan of parlays. So uh, you know, yeah. sometimes you know, just want to give the, the best information that I can for the people though. And it's it's something I, I've thought about. You know, on the on the parlays, part of what we kind of were talking about too was if we like a side in the total, it's just kind of a good way to talk about it. And so I want to make sure the viewer understands, like we will try to talk about when they're correlated and that makes the parlay a little bit more valuable. But a lot of times it may also just be, Hey, hear what we're saying about them. And you pick the one you like the most and play that you don't necessarily have to put them together. It's just a way to talk about, we like a side and we like a total, right? It's not right necessarily. If that's not your thing, don't just be like, ignore that. Be like, Hey, see which one you like and play one or the other. Right. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, before we get to today's slate, some reminders, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, you won't miss any of the college basketball and MLB or college football content that this channel provides. I've already mentioned the Patreon, but check it out if you haven't yet. Lots of great benefits to be found there above and beyond what we do here. Membership starts at just $3 per month. www.patreon.com slash picks with the professor. But even if you're not there, we're still thrilled to have you here. Let's get to it all. It's courtesy about online sign up link in the show description and current as the time of this recording on Monday night. Uh, Cousin Jared, of all the A plays, I think there were eight or so of them uh, that were locked in, again, made available for our patrons at the starter level. They've already seen those picks uh, even as we're recording. I think there were eight of them. Your favorite, the A-plus play of the day in your book, 6 p.m. Central, VMI and Presbyterian. And look, we fade a Presbyterian a lot this season. It's mostly worked out for us. So I feel like this might just be as simple as uh, stay on the train, right? <laughs> Yeah, that, that's exactly what this is. And, you know, as we've mentioned a lot during the college football show, especially last season, not one that you have to watch to, to make the monies because this is yeah. not a game that you will want to watch, I, I promise. But again, I'm here to give uh, information where I think there's value. And yep. I think this game Absolutely. has a little bit of value here. Um, so look, either of these teams, 
very good. Uh, Presbyterian currently on a six-game losing streak. Uh, losing streak. VMI not much better. Uh, but I think you're getting four and a half points in a game where Presbyterian's offense has had issues all season. Uh, they have yet to be able to get out the low to mid sixties. They're just not a team that's going to score a lot of points. VMI again. Not very impressive, but the teams that they've had the most trouble with are ones that can put up lots of, of points on the board. So you look at some of the teams that they played. Uh, Fairly Dickinson, let me tell you, if you haven't caught any Fairly Dickinson games this year, you should because they play a little bit reckless. Uh, SIU Edwardsville was going through this weird phase where they decided they were going to score like 90 points for like four mm -hmm. games in a row. They caught them in, mm -hmm. the, in that time. They played VMI played Davidson. So they've played a lot of teams that can score some points. And again, Presbyterian is not one of the teams that's going to mm -hmm. be able to score a lot of points. So I think uh, getting four and a half points in a game where sideline says this game's about 50, 50. And I just don't see this game getting very far out of control either way, just because I don't think either team's going to put up a bunch of points. I think four and a half points is just too much to pass up in this spot. Yeah. You bring up fairly Dickinson, according to Ken Palm, the worst defense in the country out of all 363 teams. So yeah, they, I, they about what I would have guessed. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and the offensive defensive metrics that he's got kind of align with that same thought process, which is what we're talking about, that um, VMI's defense is bad. And so when you have a team that can score, they just can't hang with anybody because they just give yeah. too many points. Their offense is decent. Um, like I said, Presbyterian, you know, not one of those teams. So yeah. uh, grind it out, you know, one of those where – each team's going to have a four point lead and the ball. And it's one of those like, Hey, they could, they could get out to a 10 point lead and they're going to go like three minutes without scoring. And the other yeah. team's going to four point, just kind of that type of game. Yeah. Um, so again, yeah, sidelines has basically a dead heat. VMI is actually a little bit better on the road. I'm not giving Presbyterian a large home court advantage. I can't see the crowd being frantic and wild there because why would yeah. that happen? So grabbing four and a half points of VMI is your A-plus play of the day. To the best B side here, again, about, I think, seven B picks locked in already. Again, more coming in the morning. But for now, we've got seven of them. 8 p.m. Central Wake Forest and Wisconsin, a game that is actually one that you might want to watch. A little bit of intrigue. Yeah. This one, better better programs, better teams. Uh, sideline says this should be Wisconsin minus 5.3, uh, but we're grabbing Wake Forest plus 6.5 as a B grade. Because, Jared, of all the B grade picks, why is this the best one in your mind? Uh, look, I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat it here. Does Wisconsin play a type of game where they're going to be able to cover six and a half points against a team like Wake Forest? Uh, this seems to me that it's going to be a one possession game late just because that seems to be the type of game that Wisconsin was, wants to play. And so if Wisconsin is ahead, maybe you end up in a situation with, with free throws there where they seem to lead a little bit and maybe get close to this number. But I just think this is too many points in a game that I think is going to be uh, a one score game. Uh, Wisconsin just went through that tournament where uh, every game they played kind of came down to, to the last minute. Again, I just don't think they play a style that they can really get out ahead of people, but you even go look back. And I remember this uh, November 15th, Wisconsin green Bay came, came and played at Wisconsin in Madison. And we had Wisconsin green Bay in that game. And there was never a question that we were going to cover. We got like 19 points or 20 points or something like that. Wisconsin only won that game by 11. Uh, the Stanford team that is not very not great this season. Uh, lost by 10 at, at Wisconsin. I think Wake Forest is, is quite a bit better than, than Stanford is. So to me, this just seems like too many points for a Wisconsin team that has trouble scoring points and a Wake Forest team so far this season that has been pretty solid offensively. Yeah, and I think what, what I hear you say there kind of just makes me think about, we have to talk about, you know, it, 
just because you know a sport well doesn't necessarily mean that you know how to bet the sport well that part of betting is knowing all sorts of other things beyond the x's and o's and so kind of what you are identifying here is sometimes what we talk about that the type of game this team plays is going to make it hard to they might be six and a half points better but that doesn't mean they play a type of game that lends themselves to winning by that many because of just the style of basketball and so um yeah i think it's a pretty good observation this we're grabbing the six and a half with wake forest in that one on to uh the professor on a limb for the first whole season i am going to take a c grade pick here and talk about why i like it and my analysis on this one is short and simple has nothing to do with the fact that i went to baylor but i'm laying the six with baylor it's a c grade pick according to the model uh, this one to me is about I, I was i was still a cousin before show and i had to look up the numbers i was thinking to myself watching baylor play Texas almost every year that Shaka Smart was in Austin. I was thinking to myself, I was like, I think those Baylor teams just destroy Texas most of those years. And I think Baylor's record in those uh, in that time, they played a couple times in the conference tournament. One year, they only got to play once because of COVID. Uh, but I think it was like 11 and two straight up. And a lot of those teams, Texas had decent teams. And I, I just think Baylor. Uh, Scott Drew knows, Shaka Smart knows what he's going to try to do. Um, and Marquette's playing a little bit of a different style there than uh, he did at Texas, but it's still close enough to the same sort of thing. Uh, I'm going to trust that uh, Baylor's going to get the job done to win by six. So I'm going out on a limb, and I'm going to say that Baylor minus six is actually a pretty good play, even though the model doesn't like it. So because I think Scott Drew's familiarity with uh, Shaka Smart and his style gives him an edge, whereas the, you would say, well, what about the other way around? The other way around, I think, for the most part, what we see with Scott Drew is a tendency to do something different based off his players, which was the knock against him for the first maybe 10 years of his career was he just plays the same zone, he plays the same thing, and he kind of did. And then all of a sudden that started changing, and that's when the program got to, the, to, to new heights is they'll play zone when you're they'll play man, then they'll play zone, and that sort of thing. They'll have different styles of offense. So I don't think Shaka's familiarity with Drew is going to do a whole lot, but I think Drew's familiarity with Shaka will. So I'm going to go ahead and lay the six with Baylor. Uh, back to you, Cousin Jared. We talked about the uh, parlay here when you like a side and total on. So we're going to shake and bake without Jake tonight. 8 p.m. Central, Alcorn State in Grand Canyon. My personal take, I feel like I've backed Grand Canyon a couple times and it's not gone well and I've faded them a couple times and it has. So I I don't know. Just my thought is we should be fading Grand Canyon in general. And also I think the model's 4-1 backing Alcorn State, a team that doesn't get a lot of love. Not a great team, but when you talk about the point spreads, yeah. you don't have to win the game to be a good team to bet to bet on with the point spread. So we're getting 13 points here with Alcorn State. That's an A grade according to the model. Uh, Cousin Jared, you like Alcorn State plus 13. You also like playing the under 123 and a half. Tell us why this is a good parlay. Well, the first thing is, is that sideline makes projects this total to be about 126 and a half, which is the lowest total on the board uh, for tomorrow or today as you're watching this. And the the thing is, is that when the sideline sets a total that low, there is usually a reason that it is set that low. And you will usually see the books hang a number that's actually a couple of points even lower than that, just because, as we've talked about many times on the football show and on this show and on the baseball show, just have a real difficult time with outliers uh, mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah. And so uh, I think Grand Canyon defensively is an outlier liar up there with like Fresno State, North Texas, uh, Air Force uh, pro tip there. Next time you see an Air Force total, just blindly bet the under. Um, I I think that um, Grand Canyon kind of falls into that category. So that was the first thing that caught my eye. Uh, They also play at a snail's pace. (laughs) It's partially the the defense. It's partially they just are not in a hurry to play basketball. (laughs) 
even even better. Uh, yeah. And so you go look at Alcorn State. They play two teams that could be considered kind of similar to this. Uh, they play Wichita State, who is also playing very slow this year. Uh, that game only got to uh, 123. They played Cal State Bakersfield, which I talked about last time I was on the mm-hmm. show. Alcorn State and Cal State uh, Cal State Bakersfield only got to 116 points uh, mm-hmm. in that game. So uh, both of these. Uh, Grand Canyon likes to play low-scoring games. Alcorn State is susceptible to when they play a team with a good defense, play slow. They can also get low-scoring. I don't know what to tell you about Grand Canyon. They have played some stinker, uh, multiple stinker games. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe Mm -hmm. the best example, they scored 81 in a game, and the total only got to 129. Um, So, I mean, they win low-scoring games. Even when they score, there is a great opportunity that the other team doesn't score any at all. So, anyway, where I'm going with all this is Grand Canyon, good defense. Alcorn State, susceptible to playing the style of game that their opponent wants to play. I like under 123 and a half, and you're telling me that I can also get 13 points in a game that I think is going to be low scoring. And sideline says that that's 13 points is a grade. Almost seems too good to be true to me. So I like getting the 13 points with Alcorn State, and I also like the under 123 and a half. All right. Yep. Sideline says that should be 11.4 for the spread. So getting some good value there with Alcorn State and all those points. Uh, speaking of totals, getting high with the cousin here, 6 p.m. Central, South Carolina State at East Carolina. The total on this one is 147. Uh, why is this a good overbet in your mind? Well, the first thing is, I don't, apparently, Fairleigh Dickinson is, is the worst defense uh, in college basketball. Uh, I would be interested to know where South Carolina State is on that list because I think that South Carolina State's defense is absolutely an abomination. They have given up 90, 105, 72, 106, 96, 80, and gave up 80 to South Carolina, which seems impossible with how South Carolina has looked this season. Um, East Carolina, on the other hand, they are a solid offense. Uh, They got in a game with UT Arlington. UT Arlington, another one of those teams that is just absolutely running a snail's place, uh, snail's pace, like to go under. They got that game to 135. Uh, Toledo got to 160. Indiana State got to 155. So East Carolina has played in some some high-scoring games. I think when you combine East Carolina's offense with South Carolina State's defense, I think this is going to be fireworks in this game. I think this one gets closer to 150. And so I think the over 147 is a good play here. I, I think East Carolina is going to get about 90 points in this game. Yeah, South Carolina State's defense ranks 347, according to Ken Palm. But I think the thing that caught my eye is that their tempo is 36. So I think Mm, it's mm -hmm. extremely bad, not worst in basketball, but extremely bad defense combined with a very fast pace is a recipe to give up a lot of points, which is exactly what you're saying. Like East Carolina is going to flirt with the century mark in this one. I I don't know if they're going to get there, but you you have to assume they're going to get close if they can't get there uh, because of the way they play. It reminds me a little bit of, we talked about Northwestern and football kind of being the same situation and yes, yes i don't know who's coaching south carolina state i'm not trying to do his job i'm sure he has reasons for what he's doing but you just have to look at you have to wonder if he decides especially getting into conference play that the defense is so bad and they have or maybe arizona is a good example in football right when arizona mm-hmm. started playing a little bit more cautious a little bit slower later on in the season that kind of upset win against ucla um yeah. by limiting the possessions you know if, if south carolina state does that in basketball at some point just keep an eye on it if it flips the number of possessions those totals are going to come way down. But at this pace, their defense is so bad, they're going to give up so many points. That yeah. it's, it's, you know, like you said, it's almost just like a blind over until the number gets extremely, you know, way out of hand or something like that. Yep, yeah, exactly. 
All righty, to another total, the How Low Can You Go segment, 8 p.m. Central. Cal State Northridge at Boise State. Uh, the, the, the model has a B-grade pick, for the record, on Cal State Northridge at plus 19 and a half, since it should only be in the low 17s. Because, do you like the under 130 and a half? Uh, tell us why that is a good underinvestment here for Tuesday night. I, I cannot believe that this total was in the 130s. Sideline made this 128 and a half. And I think that Boise State is just a, I mean, similar to how they were last year. They are just a, a good defensive team. Uh, when they played Colorado, they only gave up 55. Uh, Loyola, Chicago, they only gave up 48. Uh, Charlotte, Charlotte, they only gave up 54 points. Uh, somehow they only managed to score 42 though so that that would be a problem mm. for them uh, I, I think Boise State's defense is just solid and Cal State Northridge has had some games this season where they have played um, more up-tempo teams uh, but they haven't necessarily had the point output that you would expect when they were playing a team with a higher tempo specifically I'm looking at like a Central Michigan game where they scored uh, 66 points Central Michigan likes to get up and down the court and they only, uh, Cal State Northridge only scored 66 points in in that game I think the best analog that you have for this game is probably when Cal State Northridge played uh, California Baptist and that game only had 117 points. And I think Boise state's defense is better than California Baptist uh, defense is. So I think you're getting a steal with this game in, in the one thirties. I would probably play this down to like 127, maybe 126, um, just because I feel really confident about Boise state's defense, but under one, one thirty and a half, I think is a great play here. How many points do you think Cal Baptist and Northridge game had? Cal State Baptist or Cal Baptist and Cal State Northridge had 117. Okay, I think that's a really good parallel. I think that Boise State's defense is better, but I think Cal Baptist plays at a slower tempo, which probably yeah. balances that about out. So yeah, I think that's a great parallel. That 117 probably a pretty reasonable spot for this one to land to. Um, Boise State is a team that we played a lot of their unders last year because almost exactly what you talked about, which is they have a really good like elite defense, like one of the best defenses for a you know, the group of whatever we're calling my mid-major, whatever you call those, right? Yeah, <laughs> the yeah. non-Power 5, right? One of the yeah. best defenses uh, outside the Power 5 schools. Um, and they don't pay, play extremely slow. They don't really play fast. They, they play a little bit slow. But when mm -hmm. they play a team that goes slow, they're like, all right, let's grind this game out. They're very happy yeah. doing that. I remember a lot of those Mountain West games against the San Diego State, against the Wyomings, against some of those other teams that would grind Fresno it State. out. Yeah. Fresno State or Air Force, some of these other Force, teams like yeah. Yeah, we. I remember last year we did up, and there'd be those like fifty-five to forty-two type game. That was normal for for them because they, yeah. they weren't quite driving the pace on, but they would play those other teams and be like, "Sure, we'll play. We'll play at that really low pace." I remember playing some under like hundred and fifteens, and it like not even getting close to the number. Mm -hmm. And it seems like Boise State's doing the same thing this year. Northridge, a, a team that aligns with that same sort of style, so. Yep. Uh, a good underplay there. Uh, we've locked in under 130.5. To the must-see TV segment, uh, you could argue that the Baylor-Marquette game would be the biggest must-see game of the night. But another one to talk about here is 8.30 Central Virginia at Michigan. I don't really – because Jared and I talked a lot about the side on this one. I, I think we were both kind of leaning towards Virginia. It feels a little square, and I don't like – I don't buy into that being a negative thing, right? Even if you talk about public sides or whatever, like the public still wins 49, 50, whatever percent of the time, 51, maybe right. even it's like the problem is the public in general doesn't win at the 52.4% clip or higher, right? But they still win a lot. Right. So right. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It does feel a little bit like too obvious though. And I'm wondering like Michigan's been a letdown, but 
I don't know. I, I just I don't think I'd want Michigan in a few number of points either. So I was just feeling very wiffle waffly on that. I, I I think like I said, we were both maybe leaning Virginia, but very afraid to do that. But the thing I like in this is the totals at 131, and almost copy paste what we said on the previous segment. I think 131 is too high. The model says it should be 129. And again, we talked about the sideline doesn't like to go to those extreme low totals. There's this little yeah. narrative that Virginia's scoring a lot of points, like that Baylor game. A Baylor has scoring this year for sure and isn't quite as good defensively yet. I think that's what they're trying to work towards. And also that game got weird. Virginia hit like 14 threes in a row or something ridiculous like that. I don't remember what, how it exactly played out, but it felt like they just could not miss for that stretch early in the second half uh, of that game. It was incredible to watch. Yeah. I don't think that's what's going to happen. This crowd is going to be pretty rowdy there for Michigan. They're still going to be, high off of the win Saturday. I don't mean that yeah. from a drug standpoint. I mean, they're going to be pumped. <laughs> uh, I feel like it's going to be a rock in place. That crowd's going to get yeah. into it. I think that's going to slow down the tempo. Michigan's not a team that plays fast. And Virginia, I think, playing a bigger team, I just I don't think they're going to try to get into a run-and-gun type game here. I think they needed to do that against Baylor because Baylor was scoring and Baylor's got the offense. I don't think that Michigan sets up the exact same way. So I'm going under 130. 31 there in what we're calling the must TV game one to watch. Of course, Baylor, we've already talked about Seattle, but this Virginia Michigan game, I think we should be rooting for defense. I think 131 is too much, yep. which takes us to the overtime slot. Um, a game because you and I both talked about, I feel yeah. like, I feel like we should, we should both take credit for this one. Maybe like <laughs> I've got our separate tabs in the sheet, tracking our records. Like if this wins, we'll each take a half win. And if this loses, we'll each take a half loss. Cause I feel like we both. <laughs> or let's just each take a full win and a full loss. That, that's fine. We'll, all right. I, we'll have to figure something out on this. And actually, <laughs> I'm just making stuff up as we go right here. We have not talked about this at all. But we both really like this one. 7 p.m. Central, Montana at Southern Miss. And it's one, I, I think, personally, to get in sooner rather than later. Hopefully, you're with us on. If you're with us on Patreon and you're up here tonight, you're watching this, you're getting it really early in the morning. And this number is still around the six and a half number. I'm afraid it's just going to go up. This Southern yeah. Miss team is really good. Silence says it should be 8.4. And like I said, I think that's the direction it heads. Montana has looked pretty bad this yep. year and Southern Miss has looked amazing. They've out, we talked about teams outperforming the model. It's only four non division two games four division one games, but in those four games, they've overperformed the model expectations by 20 points per game. And we talked about this yesterday with St. Houston state being the same way that's going to come down, but it just goes to show kind of like we talked a lot about with football all season was has the model caught yet. And the yeah. answer to Southern Miss is, I'm not sure if the model's caught up, but if it hasn't, then instead of the model saying it should be Southern Miss minus 8.4, maybe it should be 9.4 or 10.4 or who knows what number. Yeah. But there's a chance that the model does, still doesn't realize how good Southern Miss is because they've just been so much better than the expectations. And if they continue to outperform the expectations and outperform the 8.4, that means we've got a pretty easy winner here. So I think we both like laying this six and a half in the spot. Yeah. The other thing I would say is, you know, Missoula, Montana, beautiful place. Making the trip down to Hattiesburg, Mississippi, mm. a place. Um, I think that it's going to be 
I mean, we don't. I feel like we don't talk about travel enough when it comes to college yeah. basketball. This team, especially these non-conference teams. Yeah, they were playing Sunday in Colorado Springs, which you know that part of the country geography things look closer than they really are. That's not necessarily mm. a short jaunt mm. from Missoula, Montana, to Colorado Springs, and then going down to Hattiesburg, Mississippi. I think this is a tough travel spot for for Montana. So uh, I, I like Southern Miss to begin with, but the more I look at it, I, I just think you got every reason in the world to back Southern Miss in this game. I can't find a good one to to try to back Montana. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And just to hammer home that point with travel, we talk about that with college football. Most of the college football that we discuss being just the FBS schools is, for the most part, either close travel or it's major city to major city travel. And there's not any weird logistics of that travel. Um, yeah. But we talk about sometimes a place like Manhattan, Kansas. Being yeah. a tough place to play at, obviously the crowd, but also to travel to because it's like out in the middle of nowhere, right? Or we talk about West Virginia, the same thing. And so sometimes yeah. when you get to the smaller places in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, Missoula, Montana, like you said, they're probably charting a plane, I guess, but it's like, that's a long flight. Yeah. You're coming from middle of nowhere to middle of nowhere. It's just yeah. not quite your normal, like normal everyday type travel distance wise and location wise. So it's a a little bit of an added probably benefit to the home team in this situation. Just like we talked about, like I said, some of the weirder locations in college football, it's the same thing for for better or worse. And maybe there shouldn't be a reason, but it happens. We see it every year. Like I said, for instance, West Virginia and for college football, a team that just always plays a lot better at home than on the road. Uh, And and you have to think that the, the wonky travel there, middle of nowhere, Longer distances for teams has something to do with it. So it's the same, yep. same effect here. All righty. Well, that's all we've got for you today. Cousin Jared, any parting words? Nope. All right. Short and sweet. Uh, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Picks of the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can enjoy all the sports betting content we've brought on this channel. It's dropped right to your feet. If you haven't seen it yet, College Football, we've got covering every single conference championship game, including the extra matching game on Friday afternoon and the Army-Navy game already. You'll look ahead pick we locked into that one so lots of good stuff to check out we'll be back again every day this week except for sunday with college basketball betting content until i see you again as always best of luck and remember you can eat your betting money but please don't bet your eating money